You're listening to the Screaming Pods Network. We are the Sacred Collective. All are respected, all are heard, all are welcomed. Join us. All right, welcome to the Sacred Collective. I'm Caleb, sitting here with co-founder of the Sacred Collective. Not not co with myself, but uh, Brian Otland. Hello, Brian. Otland. That's how you say it, bro. It's Odland. Come on. Odland. Brian Odland. At least you spell it correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two A's in the front and one in the back, like they say. Right. Whoa. Um, so, yeah, we decided to do... Brian had this idea to do a little uh, one-on-one interview segment that might pop up every once in a while whenever we don't have group discussions. And so I am going to interview Brian, as it were. I will say we'll have some... Caleb's will be coming up soon. Amanda's will be coming up soon. And then we'll kind of pepper in... Um, one of the other people from Sacred Collective can do it. If you do hear stuff in the background, um, my wife's preparing dinner and my daughter's watching her tablet. So don't mind the background mm-hmm. noise. Just it's it's life. Mm-hmm. You know, life this is un- even, even more impromptu than our normal recordings. life unedited. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, Brian, um, you're a, a member in discernment at the UCC. Yes. And. Um, so why don't I just, I guess, as a basis and kind of given uh, the premise of this podcast, why don't you just kind of talk a little bit about how you came uh, to creating the Sacred Collective? Well, how I've kind of co-founded the Sacred Collective, I would say co-founded it with my wife, um, Amanda, and then another person um, back in the summer of 2017, Um she only was a part of it for a couple months because she had a lot of health issues, so she couldn't really um, attend anymore. Kind of fell um, fell apart um, our friendship, unfortunately. But um, I think it's something like the Sacred Collective, it, what it is now, is nothing like how I thought it was going to be. Um, which I could go on that in a couple minutes. But I've always kind of had this like burning desire. Um, inside of me to do something kind of outside the box of normal, out of normalcy. Um, Growing up my whole life within the church, I've always, you know, had this affinity towards God, Jesus, whatever you want to call it, towards that divine. Um, I've always liked church. I've never loved church. I've always liked church. Um, And, I mean, I do kind of get what you would say spiritually fed or nourished in church, but I've always rather you know have had wanted to have community outside the church because you know we talk about community in the church and it's very very few and far between churches that actually offer community and so and i always had this connection of people whether they were from high school or college or seminary of people who kind of grew up in the church who've walked away either from that denomination or from christianity or from whatever and have always stayed in contact with those people. I've always stayed friends with those people, and just hearing conversations of of people like, "Oh, I don't like the church," you know, "I'm an atheist," or "I'm spiritual but not religious." And so I've always kind of had this inkling in my heart to just like start something of of a community uh, of something, you know, and it's, it's always makes more sense in your head. You have these grand lofty ideas in your head and then you're like, how am I going to put this into words or how am I not into words, but into practice? 
And actually, like you said earlier, I was, I'm was i a member in discernment in the United Church of Christ, which is the UCC, and we have advisors that you know kind of walk with us. These are advisors who are ordained, who are pastors and or chaplains or whoever. And I would say for the last, you know, from 15 and 16, those years of 2015 and 16, I kept bringing this up of like, oh, I want to do church work, I want to do church work, but I have this kind of passion. And finally... My advisor, he had said, Brian, you know, you just need to do it. Like, you need to jump in. You need to kind of get your feet wet. And if you're not going to do it now, when are you going to do it? Then at that same time, it coincided with my wife and I, you know, having our first child, our daughter, Ava. And I was like, I don't want, you know, her to grow up and be like, Dad, why didn't why didn't you do these things? You know, why didn't you do ministry the, the way you wanted to do it? And so it kind of started out with um, us just having like a small group in our other place where we used to live in St. Paul, um, and we were just having a small group. We just had our conversations. We just talked. We just talked, and, you know, but whatever. And then not too long after we started it, I would say it was probably like four or five months after we started it, I went to Revolution, um, Jay Baker's um, pub church in at Bryant Lake Bowl in Minneapolis, and saw you, Caleb, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, a lot of people don't come to the physical location of right. Revolution, and you know, you were very energetic. You were kind of, pa- you know, you were passionate. You actually said, "Hey, I moved here from Kansas because I wanted to help out with Revolution," and I was like, "Hey, that's ballsy. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool." Or creepy. <laughs> I, I thought it was cool. I mean, if you want to use the yeah, word I'm creepy, just, that's fine. Um, but I thought I was just like, "Hey, this guy's cool." And, you know, I was telling you, like, hey, like, come to Sacred Collective, this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And you were like, hey, I like to record stuff, I do podcasts, can I bring my equipment over? And then it kind of snowballed from there. So it started out as more of like a small group where we'd just get together and talk and hang out, have food, and then it's now turned, I would say, the last year and a half into Mm -hmm. a podcast. And, uh, you know, it's not as... It's it's kind of hard to say like to quantify like where you want it to be and you know some podcasts that you and I both listen to you know they'll have thousands and thousands of downloads a month and they'll think that we're failures and we just checked our data today and in the last month we've had over four hundred downloads mm-hmm. and I think that's awesome so it's it's relative to what you want to do like when we were just looking at like some of our listeners we have you know listeners in Australia and Germany and Switzerland and. The United, what is it? The oh, Iran. The Iran, yeah, like United and, something. Iran. Um, I'm not sure what they're. So just knowing that we have listeners all over the world from something that was trapped in my head, um, just makes you humble, and mm-hmm. it makes you realize, like, you know, kind of the whole adage in in kind of ministry is like, if it only touches one person, what you're doing is important, mm-hmm. and you know, I'll, I'll use that. You know, um, totally. we have over four thousand downloads. Um, from the both feeds that we did before we transferred over to this one, and you know, in a year and a half to get four thousand downloads, that I'll take it, you know, for sure. And so it, that's where I'm passionate about, and I love, I love it, and keep tuning in all the time. Mm-hmm. It seems like uh, postmodernism is a theme that comes up a lot in Sacred Collective uh, discussions and, and the topics that we choose. Um, would you see Sacred Collective as an iteration, as a, like a postmodern iteration of the church, or as a 
as a trajectory of the modern church or as like a um, as uh, I don't know, a child or a relative of the modern church? How what, what terms would you put that into? Yeah, I mean that's a good question. I don't know. I, I, I as much as I love terminology, I hate terminology sure, yeah. at the same time because it only it kind of pigeonholes. When you use terminology, it kind of pigeonholes how you can actually talk about what you're doing or mm-hmm. whatever. What I say, we're postmodern. I I would say like we talked earlier, Caleb, when I picked you up, like most millennials are like what we are are kind of like we're we're postmodern just because that's what our culture and our world is mm-hmm. in right now. So, you know, absolute truth, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think we're very suspect. I think we fit in, you know, postmodernism into that bubble in a way. Um, we do have, obviously, affiliations with Christianity. Like, I'm a Christian. I know my wife is. Kayleen is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, would you say you're yeah, a Christian? Sure. Um, but then we also have our friends that are atheists, and we have sometimes other people who attend who might not you know know what they are religiously and that's fine um you know we're inclusive part of you know some of us are queer um what i say we're an extension of the church yeah i would say we're an extension Mm -hmm. of the church because we're talking about god like when you do theology all that means is you you talk about god and so that's theology like the is god and ologies study of and so yeah i would say we're part of the church but i would say and what I've been saying all along to my denomination and to others is church isn't a building. Church is a community of people that get together, break bread, whether that's, and I'm not talking about the Eucharist. I'm talking about like tonight we're having pizza and we're having beer and we're having dessert pizza and stuff <laughs> like that. Like that, that is community. We're talking about God. We're theologizing, we're philosophizing. So in a way, is that, is that the church? Yeah. But I think in a way, not just like in our faith, like we, we deconstruct, but just the whole idea of church, like in a building, we kind of deconstructed that mm. uh, too. The whole concept of what church is and what community is, is I think us postmoderns, us millennials, whatever you want to call us, we're trying, whenever you put up a wall saying this is what church is or this is what this is, we kind of break that down and say, oh, okay, this is this is what we're mm-hmm. going to do with it. Mm-hmm. So what would you say? Um, maybe this is, maybe this will be the same answer, but it's kind of a two parted question. How I'm going to phrase it. What would you say that the mission of the um, church, the, uh, like capital C, the, the more traditional church, I guess in UCC terms, like 2.0, um, you, you got me adopting some vocabulary now, but yeah, but uh, what would you say that the, the aim of that more traditional church at the building of a church is versus the aim of, of something like this, you know, and it, it's hard to say because I can. Or is give, there a difference? I can give my, you know, two cents, my opinion. I would say, well, and I mean, I'm not even going to connect with the evangelical thing because obviously the evangelical mode is, you know, salvation, mm-hmm. and their their whole point is of, you know, getting as many souls, aka butts, into heaven as possible. Mm-hmm. And I've said it quite frequent on sacred collective and other things i don't really believe in a literal hell so i don't really believe that that salvific part you know like Mm -hmm. you know i think we all go to heaven i'm a universalist i'm you know unashamed of that um i think church 2.0 or like i would say brick and mortar yeah brick yeah brick brick and mortar Mm -hmm. you know four walls of the church 
I think that they the difference between that and like what we're doing in the Sacred Collective is not a whole bunch of a, a different like on paper, but I think like the brick and mortar church, like any church you go to like on a Sunday that has a church building that has you know what all the bells and whistles that go with it. Um, they at least in the mainline churches like UCC, ELCA, um, Presbyterians, things like that. It's not as much, and we've talked about this off mic before. It's not about conversion per se. It's about conversation. It's about more mainline denominations. They, they're not. They're going to talk to you about Jesus. They're going to tell you the teachings of Jesus, but they're not going to bonk you over the head and say, "Oh, you have to have this like salvific." You know, say term. the sinner's prayer kind of so, Yeah, say the sinner's prayer, which, by the way, there's no right, wrong way, you know, in the Bible. You know, there isn't this prayer that gets you into heaven or whatever. Mm. That's kind of just made up. But and but I think the biggest thing within church, brick and mortar kind of church, church 2.0, whatever language you want to use, is more or less, um, more or less being in community, trying to understand this whole Christ person and teachings and i think what at least what we do here in sacred collective and other things like it i would say like revolution you know with what jay does would be church 3.0 if mm-hmm. he would like to use that language or not and then just others i mean scroll on instagram or, or facebook you'll see all these but i think what what like sacred collectives are trying to do is like how we came up with our name was um Everyone has a voice. Everyone has a spiritual voice, whether that voice is a Christian, atheistic, agnostic, Buddhist, whatever. We're all spiritual to an extent. So that's how I were sacred and we're a collective of people. And I know people hate using the language like, oh, collective, that's just like some cool millennial or hipster word. But it kind of encompasses of who we are. We're a collective of people. Mm-hmm. And we feel like all of our stories, all of our experiences uh, make us who we are. You know, they give us our worldview. They give us how we view the divine. It views how we view everything on this kind of, you know, plane of existence. And and I would I would never say in the sacred collective we're about salvation. I think we're about conversation. I think we're about trying to edify each other as as human beings. We're trying to be moral people. Um, mm-hmm. if someone comes to know Jesus through us, great. If they don't, fine. But I think my whole point of wanting to do it was to have a safe place for people to talk about God, whether in a positive or negative light. Okay. And there's not a lot of places I feel like that people can actually do that, um, without feeling judged mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. Cool. Um, just to wrap it up, cause we're coming up about to our target time. Um, where... You know, people usually ask kind of maybe this question in broader terms, but I'm going to make it a little bit more uh, bite-sized. Where would you like to see us in six months? Um, in my heart, where I would like to see us in six months, I would like to see us have a hell of a lot more downloads. Yeah. Um, that's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, for any people listening out there who listen to us quite on the regular, um, inter- you know, um Talk with us online. Talk with us on Instagram. Mm, that's good, yeah. More online um, community. More online yeah, community. I know we're not in there all the time. I know I have a full-time job, you know, and then I'm involved within my own, you know, UCC church. You know, I have a two-year-old daughter. You know, I want to have some time for my family, myself. Sure. Um, 
uh, and you know, I have a ton of nieces and nephews. So family life gets them not in the way, but gets you know takes a lot of my time up. So, but interacting with us on Instagram, um, we have our Facebook page. Um, that um, I think one thing that we've talked about, Caleb, is having people kind of like what you guys, you and Jay, do with. Um, revolution like meet your congregation i don't like necessarily that language of congregation but like meet our audience meet our listeners so if you're listening to this seriously write us something on instagram um uh, it will not go unread we're not just saying that no seriously like we want to interview you we want to talk to you you know um obviously it would help i'm not gonna lie we've had a patreon up for probably a year and a half and i don't think we have any (laughs) any patrons yet which is fine but we can always use the money to get newer equipment and, you know, we eventually want to get to, you know, getting, you know, like stickers or button or shirts. And I would say if you're at a certain tier, we could probably give you a mail, you a free shirt or something. So we want to just, just our network, our footprint to be out there more, um, you know, get more downloads. I, I mean, I would love to get like four or 500 downloads a week and get a couple thousand a month out. I mean, that's what I would want to get. But, you know, it's tough trying to find people who want to be interviewed and, and, you know, believing in what you're doing. So, I mean, that's in a nutshell what I want to do in the next six months. So we'll see where, where it takes us. It's grown immensely in the last year and a half. So we'll see where the next six months to a year takes us. Cool. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Thanks for being part of our conversation. To continue the conversation... Find us on social media at sacred underscore MN.